Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. This will be part four, I think, so in Shutting the Mouth of Lions. And this morning we're going to find out how to get a lot out of life. Amen? Because when lots in your life, you got problems. And it's time to get them out. Amen? Amen. Amen. So in Hebrews 11.33, which is where we've been coming from, who through faith, through faith, what you believe, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, and stopped the mouths of lions. Now, we have a lot of voices in this world that have been shouting and yelling and doing all kinds of nonsense every day on the media and here and there and everywhere. And one of those voices talks about going on a journey. Another one says, if you just walk a mile in my shoes, you'd understand my path. And we try to relate on these natural ways or in these natural ways. If you just knew my experience, and that's how we try to get to know each other. Oh, I'm like so-and-so. At one point, uh, there was a, a move that even in the 70s, I think it was mostly, people tried to make their hair look like Farrah Fawcett. All right, well, uh, they had this show where there, there was these three ladies and they were out there and they were Charlie's Angels. And she had this hairdo and a flip back, you know, and, and the wings, and, and feathers, the feathers, and people were going to the hair salon and trying to get their hair like Farrah Fawcett. They wanted to relate, they wanted to be like her. So, but really they didn't, didn't want her hair. They wanted to be like her. And they felt that if they identified with her through looks or appearance, that somehow they'd be able to jump up and be like her. Now I realize that for those of you who are younger, you cannot relate to that. But sometimes when I see people in the, uh, I've taken the SkyTrain a few times, not recently. And, and I've seen that there's these people try to look, fellas, and their pants are like, you know, and I can see their, the brand of what they wear underneath. And, and, and I can't explain that at all. They can't run. They can barely walk. I don't know what's going on with their pants. They're trying to be individual, but they're all doing it. They're trying to be like some singer that I have no idea who, but... I'm sure I'll be embarrassed later, <laughs> but someone will correct me and tell me who they were trying to be like. But they're trying to relate in a natural way. They're trying to identify. They're trying to get to know one another through natural experiences or through relating through clothes or I will be like so-and-so. And I'm like them like that. Did you know they like the same flavor of ice cream? They like the same kind of music. They like the same sort of, they like the same sort of. And then it's, I've been through that with like this. They have a story like mine. 
And story time isn't a time of sharing testimony. It's a time of sharing terror. The terrible life of myself. The terrible, terrible things. And it used to be when people sat around, they'd talk about the good old days, right? Didn't they, they talk about the good old days? And, and, and they did. They, they were great things. And these, the good old days when it was like that and bread was 10 cents. And they, you know, it was the good old days. But they weren't just describing the times they had fun, they played with family. And now people shun that language. No, no, it wasn't good. Live today, folks. <coughs> but they have so pushed away the good old days. And so cursed that language that they go, you don't know what it was really like. And all they remember is every nasty thing that ever went down. And then they're trying to relate on that schedule. And then we wonder why we have a troubled generation. They're trying to relate through natural circumstances. They're trying to get to know each other. Oh, I've had cancer. You've had cancer. Oh, my cancer went this way. My cancer. My cancer. My this. My diabetes. My mm, my mm, my mm. It's not almost as like Pastor Neil's last weekend as I, 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 seagulls. Only it's my, 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 my. Everything that ever went wrong, my victimization, my this, my that, my sickness, my disease. I got grandchildren who want to tell me about their thumb that got stuck in a drawer and how bad my hurt is and needs a lot of kisses for that finger. My, my, my. And then... When we only relate through natural experiences, we can't relate on a spiritual level. And then we try to add Jesus in that mix. And we go, well, I'm not like him. I don't do what he does. I certainly don't have his clothes. Not yet. <laughs> thank you for listening and thank you for that one amen, amen. <laughs> or at least a laugh. <laughs> And, and so we begin this disqualification round because I can't possibly get to know Jesus because he's not here where I can see him. I don't know if I have the right clothes. I don't know if I have the right attitude. I don't know if he's experienced what I, what I have experienced personally. He doesn't look the same. He doesn't walk the same. And, blah, 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 and I don't walk like that. And so pretty soon we have disqualified ourselves from knowing him because we've tried to do it on a flesh basis. No wonder we're in trouble. My, 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 my. Well, we're going to find different ways to connect. Amen? Amen. Oh, what does it say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5? Let's go. I want you to see it for yourself. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Because it's our lead-in to find out how to get a lot out of life. Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5. 14, we'll start there. For the love of Christ constrains us. That means what is our motivation? Right. Because we thus judge. Oh, we're judging people. Yes. Yes, we are. Someone said to us yesterday, and they were having a chat about our neighborhood, and, and said, well, I don't want to be judgmental. I laughed. I said, everybody judges. Let's just own up to it. <laughs> and he went, oh, yeah, that's right. We all do. We just don't talk about it. And then we push it down inside. That's what makes us critical. That's just another message for another day, but something you can chew on for the rest of the day today. 
We do judge things, but judging is, is examining. It's an examination. It's an examination. This is sin. That's not sin. That's good. That's bad. I taste this. I don't like it. I don't care for this. I don't care for jalapeno peppers or any of those other hot things. I don't mind a little bit, but I don't like a lot of it. I don't like to burn my lips. I can enjoy some spice, but not to the point where my mouth is raw. You know, I think that's fair, but that's my judgment. All right. So everybody keep breathing. Keep breathing. If one died for all, then we're all dead. That's a good way. Good morning, everybody. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live after themselves, which is really hard because we want to, and everything in this world is telling us we should. We're going to live for ourselves. We're going to live for ourselves. Don't forget to lift up self. If you don't pay attention to self, if you don't have self care, Jesus can't look after you. <laughs> See, we're uprooting things today. Amen. And it's just a, I haven't gone like half a verse or something here. Come on. No, one and a half. One and a half. One and a half. Here they go. Cows go over. <laughs> and he henceforth, the die for all that we should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died and rose again. Verse 16. Everybody say, wherefore? wherefore. It's therefore and it's wherefore. <laughs> it's like, hello? This is what pulls it all together. Henceforth, knowing no man after the flesh. Yeah. And that's where we're trying to get to know each other. We're trying to get you, I want to relate, I want to relate. And that's why it's not working. And a few weeks ago, Pastor Ed talked about the fruit of the Spirit and how it was a work of the Spirit in our life and that people don't relate to that. The people who are not born again cannot relate to your life in the Spirit. They are two ends. They are apples and not even oranges. I'm not sure they're fruit at all. They're dirt. <laughs> yeah. So that's why they don't relate. And so when this world is full of fear and you try to rationalize something that's already irrational with logic, it's not going to work. And this is why. Because we're trying to relate through the flesh. If they would just understand, if they would just understand, I'll just bring them. I'll bring them data. I'll bring them rationality. I'll bring them these things. Then they won't fear. And they still are. This is why. Relationship through the flesh. When people are born again, they will begin to get it or have access to get it. But not before. Don't talk about the four horsemen of the apocalypse if they're not saved. Amen? Amen? Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, yet, watch this, though we have known Christ after the flesh. What does that mean? When he walked and we read the Gospels, we got to kind of know what he was like. And we say, mm-mm, that is not who he is. He's not walking around on the earth. He's not there. He's not walking like he put down all of his heavenly power. He's walking like he does in the book of Revelation. Go read the first chapter. And he's got a great horse. <laughs> Yet now, henceforth, no, we know him no more. We don't know him anymore. But I thought he was like this. I thought he was, you know, on the earth, walking, 
No, he's up there, captain of the host, mighty, mighty, mighty God in all of his glory and power and strength. He's not the weenie guy in the pole who's just going to barely make it and slide through into heaven. And, mm. and in all of the things that have happened, somehow the devil became this big thing. And this week when I was in prayer, I kept thinking about this, where I was praying for some folks, and I know some folks are struggling with different diseases and cancer, etc. And cancer and disease have tried to rise themselves up and be the big bully in the yard. But I knew this, every bully I've ever met, and I've met a few, I've met a few. Every bully, every bully I've ever met has no self-identity. And it's all just a show on the outside. And I, own, I know other, I know Alex would get up here and go, oh yeah, that's so, I've seen him too. <laughs> Isn't that right, Alex? Yes, he says, <laughs> amen. It's the truth. We all know it. It's all a show. It's all a show. And the minute you pop that identity, they crumple. And they're like, what happened to you? Where's that strength? Well, it was all a facade. It was a strength. It was just that thing on the outside. There was nothing on the inside to hold it up. No substance. The devil is a fallen angel, different category, not even near the God category. God's big. Cancer, little. Disease, little. Underfoot, underfoot, little, small, loud voice. And this is why we must learn to stop the mouths of lions. Because it tries to be big, but that's all it's got. And we have to be knowing, knowing that loud doesn't mean big. Amen? All righty, we're getting ready to have some things go into our spirit man. In Hebrews 10.35, it says, cast not away, therefore, your confidence. So don't throw the stuff away you really need to walk through and have the voice come down in your life. Don't throw it away. This is the time when things are difficult, when things are challenging, when the voices are coming in, right, left, upside down, and over, when the, all you can hear is the devil's roar. You've got to make sure this is not the time to throw away what you're bold and confident and know about God. What do we know about God? We know what the Word says about God. We're, we can easily flip to Revelation chapter 1 and read and see how mighty our God is. It's not hard. You just open the page and read. Not difficult. And there's this beautiful picture of the Lord Jesus. And that's who he is. The conqueror. The conqueror. It's not hard to read. If you have trouble and it's not in your language, find your language. Read it in that. It's not hard. You just flip, read. No problem. It's not held back from you. Don't cast it away. This is Hebrews 10.35, which has great recompense and reward. When you hold on to what you know is true, it's great. Things change. We have need of patience. This will not let you out. You have the Holy Spirit who has patience and he's working in you. So don't you be silly about that. Don't you let the world influence how you operate in patience. I operate in patience all the time. It's growing. I'm stronger. I've yielded to patience and it's manifesting in my life and it's wonderful and I love it. Thank you. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Shut that mouth. After you've done the will of God, well, I don't know where the will of God is. You might receive the promise. 
Well, let's find out what happens with receiving the will of God. Let's go to Genesis. I'm going to find out what in the world. And I want to get a lot out of my life. Not just one crazy man. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Where are we going? We are going to Genesis chapter 12. We are the just, and we're going to walk by faith and live by faith. We're not going to draw back. We know our souls sometimes have great problems, and they get caught. They go round and round and round and round, but they don't have to. Amen? We're not them. We're not drawing back and getting back into sin. Oh, it was easier in those days when we just gave in and sinned. Oh, really? Hmm. How'd that work for you? Not so well. Not so well. We're going to be them that believe to the saving of the soul because obedience is our great door out. Amen? Amen. Don't fear leaving a mistake behind. <laughs> Amen. Did you find Genesis? All right. First book should be easy to find. Chapter 12. Now, so important to document instructions God gives to you because then you still have double excuse of why you didn't obey. <laughs> Amen. Now the Lord says unto Abraham, get up out of your country and from thy kindred and from your father's house into a land I will show you and I'll make you a great nation and I'll bless you, make your name great and you shall be a blessing and da 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 and Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran, and Sarah, Abraham took Sarah and Lot, his brother's son. Does that sound like kindred to you? Away from your kindred. Get away from Lot. But now he takes them with him. Now, when we talk about obey, obedience and what God said in our lives, sometimes we want to take the story, and that's it. There's some family members I need to, you know, shuffle out. I'm going to shut the door on that family member because they've been, God said, leave them behind. The point is not that in the story. There's a principle here of obedience. <laughs> you know, and, and I don't know. I don't know. There's this thing that happens. I think no matter what anybody preaches at any time, somebody got to go weird with it. Ever notice that? There's a weird way to go. Some weird person will find it and they'll do it. But I am not responsible for that, neither are you. You will say things to people, and you'll think, how did they get that out of that? I do not know. You try to reason with them, and we're back to like trying to reason with unreasonable, and that's a mess. We're not going to touch that. Some people are just going to take it wrong. But we're not going to stop taking stuff right because some weirdo went wrong. Amen? It's not my job or yours to make wrong right. <laughs> Praise Jesus. <laughs> Amen? Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. So when we think about getting a lot out of life or getting a lot out of life, what happens further down the lane is that him and Abraham get into strife. Now, there's a surprise. He wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. And when we welcome things into our life and into our heart that shouldn't have been there in the first place, they come by excuse. And... When we make excuses for why we adjust God's instruction, we always end up in strife. I want to live a drama-free life. How about you? 
Oh, dear Jesus. <laughs> there are things that you and I have said yes to that we are currently living in the drama of that was totally unnecessary. And the part that really is awful about all of this, it's because we tried to do what I talked about in the beginning. We tried to flesh it out. I don't think I like that term either. There's a few journey I don't like that. I don't like walking a mile in someone's shoes and I don't think I like that whole flesh it out program either. I think these are all things that we've tried to adopt into our understanding. And then we find out later that fleshing it out really was fleshing it out. And the Holy Spirit wasn't involved at all in that, but we tried to blame God for it and get him to pay for it while we're at it. And then we wonder why Lot's traveling on our backside. There he is. Look, I'm carrying around in a sack on my back, and I made excuses for why i got to carry this load with me because, after all, i got to deal with it. In Genesis chapter 13, we find that they are camping where Sodom was. Now everybody knows Sodom is a bad place, right? There are some places in Canada that are like Sodom currently, but we don't have to be subjected to that. We don't have to live that way because others are. Ha. And, and in verse 13, it says, The men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. We are living in a time when there is exceeding sin around us. And some of the sin is in the church. Mm. And we're picking at each other, not just in music. I've heard all kinds of nonsense going down the pike, and people, people get mad about money all the time. Oh, those prosperity preachers. You know, like, that's God. Go after them, be mean, be critical. That's going to change something. I've noticed in my life that shaming people never worked. What are people so afraid of money for? Do they really know that those prosperity preachers, are they just trying to gather it up and make stuff on earth so they know that they can take it to heaven? Every one of them I've ever met, and I've met a few of them, aren't making a whole big journey that they think they're going to take to heaven. No, you know what they're doing quietly while no one else is looking? They're building and paying for all kinds of things that you and I can't. All kinds of things in India, Africa, Philippines. They're the ones who run in with all the money to help them out, taking them and sending them Bibles, taking money, taking food, all those things. But the point is, let's not be critical. Let's not be critical. Let not those things come out of our mouth. Let's not build a ministry on criticism. And the Lord says unto Abraham, verse 14, after that Lot was separated from him, now lift up your eyes and look the place. Now look for your eyes and see the place. Where you are. Northward, southward, eastward, westward, for all the land which you see, to thee will I give it, to thy seed forever, and I'll make your seed as the dust. You see, when you get those things off your back, when you get those things where you've corrupted the instruction of heaven by making excuses of why you couldn't leave something behind, when you get them out, the promise is right there in front of you. He didn't have to go down another alley, he didn't have to go on another journey. 
He said, look up, look here, there, and everywhere. It's all yours. And it's, it's not like the where's Waldo. It was right there in front of you the whole time, you know. It's right there. It's right there. But what happens is when we are listening and allowing the noise of the lion roaring and roaring and roaring, and we allow him to get in, and we allow that voice to be heard on the inside, it's really hard to believe that our promise is right in front of our face. And so carrying that load that Jesus already paid for, carrying that load of, of an adjusted, no, I got it. You don't understand, God. I got to keep this. You don't understand. I'm going to have this till I die. You don't understand, God. It's, it's, I, I've got a relationship with this problem. That's why I call it mine. And I have a relationship and a better relationship with my problem than I do with you. Because I understand my problem. I've related to my problem. I've made excuses for my problem. I know my problem inside and out and upside down and over. No wonder I can't see what's right in front of me. And we've got to be able to put it aside and let it go. Put it aside and let it go. And in verse 13, 17, it says, arise, walk through the land and the length and the breadth. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Hey, this is mine. Hey, this is mine. God gave me this. And you see, we're not taking the land. We're not holding on to the new territory because our feet are still locked with the junk. Yes, you've overcome. But why aren't you living it? Distractions. Distractions. And we make excuses. The distractions are primary. Did you see that? Oh, my goodness, did you see that over there? Well, did God, did you deal with that? Um, did you know, by the way, and that phone call you didn't need to take, but you felt you should? You'll know when the fruit of that conversation comes out of your mouth. What kind of fruit came out after you talked to that so-and-so? What kind of fruit came out of your mouth after you obeyed that distraction? You'll soon know. Are you willing to look at it? This is not about shame. It's about unloading. Let's get that junk off. Look north. Look, it's right in front of you. It's right in front of you. You see, if we keep trying to relate to each other and our problems and our situation, and well, you know, it's really family after all, or you know, you've made your problem your family. My brother fell a few years ago, and it was really bad. And and praise the Lord, he's he's doing well. And, but from it, he had he had a lump that stayed with him for some length of time, and uh, we were joking and said, perhaps you should name it, you know, it goes everywhere you go, and, uh, you know, but we don't want to do that, and while we kind of teased and joked a bit about it, um, there's a place where that's actually happened in our life. We've taken ownership of the trouble and made it our best-known pal. And you see, when, when we try to relate that way, and we try to come. We can't see the north. We can't see. Look, look, look. God's saying, look, look, hello. Hello. Look, I blessed you. Hello. You're allowed to be happy now, Pastor. <laughs> look, here it is. Look, here it is. Look, here it is. But I have to walk this out. And, and there we are trying to walk in someone's shoes again. 
And I said, a few weeks ago, you'll just get blisters. But the truth is, <laughs> you can't walk where I'm called to walk. And I can't walk where you're called to walk. Why? Because I had the anointing to walk where God set me and where he instructed me. And so do you. You have the anointing to walk in what God has instructed you to. Abraham did not carry an anointing. Did not carry an anointing to go outside of the instruction of God. He could not receive the blessing. He couldn't see the promise. He couldn't grab a hold of it as long, right? As long as he was trying to walk in his own shoes. Interesting. You see, we're, we're only called and anointed to walk in what God has instructed us in. And then it, there it is. And it's been there all along. Oh, my, my. You are absolutely anointed and qualified to do what he instructed you to do. Yay. Woohoo. Absolutely. I am not called nor instructed to write songs uh, spontaneously. But obviously, you are. And it works. No struggle. But have you ever struggled trying to write down and make it work? And add stuff to it? So have I. When I tried to add to the instructions of the Lord. Or do it my way. <laughs> it was not good. It was not. And it was so easy all the way along. Because God's anointing makes it easy. My stuff makes it hard. And I could say your stuff, but I didn't want to point the finger too hard. Although you might feel sl fairly slapped already. <laughs> so the first step is we got to obey. Obey it. And make it clear. Here's the thing that happens. We are often instructed of the Lord, and, and it's simple. Go to church. Read your Bible. Talk to me. Pretty simple stuff. Well, how do you want to talk to me? Should I talk to you for 15 minutes? Should I talk to you for five? Pastor, you mentioned prayer this morning. I'm not sure if I'm praying well enough, strong enough, or long enough. What if I say the wrong words when I pray? What is that lot sitting on your back for? How about just talking? You don't have to speak King James. Aren't you glad? Talk to God. Don't overcomplicate it. Read the book of Revelation chapter 1 when you go home. Find out how big God is. See, that's not hard, right? It's one chapter. One, just one. And it's not a long chapter. It's not like some of those chapters in the Old Testament. Go on and on and on. It's not Psalm 119. Take you half an hour. <laughs> Praise Jesus. It's one chapter and it's kind of short. And it's kind of fun. What shall I do to hear God? Talk to him and then make sure you listen after. If you ask a question, stay for the answer. Pretty simple stuff. Don't do all the talking. Be quiet. Not complicated. Did any of these things seem too hard? All right. <laughs> right? They're easy. And yet we're going, oh, I don't know. And I've written stuff on prayer and there are some things, but I guarantee as you go along, if you just start somewhere, God will help you. It's not that complicated. It's not that deep. You'll be anointed, and you might just find out you like God more. 
I, I, you know, you could sing at home. You could. In the car, everywhere. And, and if you don't like the songs that are sung in church, sing your own at home or in your car. Praise the Lord seems to be a hot spot today. <laughs> make a joyful noise. Sometimes I make a very joyful noise, especially in the morning, because my voice is very low in the morning and very low at the night. And somewhere in the middle it comes up and then goes back down. I have a low voice. <clears throat> and sometimes gravelly. But it's all, I love God and I talk to him. I tell him I love him. Now that wasn't hard either. God, I love you. Anybody have a struggle with that? Those words are hard. Is it work across the language? Okay, so we've got some simple things going on. So if we're going to get rid of the uh, and the uh, that we've tried to adjust the instruction of God in our lot and see his promise so clearly, because there it is, he just had to open his eyes. Look, he's gone. Look what you can see when that's not there. He didn't know it was working like a cloud against you. And when we talk about taking territory, the first thing you do is just follow the instruction. It's easy. Talk to God. How about thanking him? You know, it says in everything, give thanks. Oh, thank you, God, for the sickness. Thank you, God, for my trouble. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Thank you, God, no matter what comes my way, I have already been an overcomer. You've done that. And then you might get an idea of what an overcomer really is. And then as overcomers, perhaps we could start living that way. I think that's a good plan, don't you? I think I'd like to live like an overcomer and not just talk about it. You know, that's a, we have overcome. I don't think that's actually the words, but that's what I say. <laughs> it's done. I, I think it says we are overcoming or, I don't know. Did I say it? Yeah. <laughs> All of that. We, it's done. I actually think that I, the words are not quite that way. I think <laughs> we've just sung it that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and that's the only way we're going to know that song. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Obedience, clear hearing. When you're obeying the instruction, we have clear hearing. Look, and clear sight. And clear sight. Obedience brings clear vision and clear hearing. And we know this, if we're going to have faith to shut the mouth of the lion, that faith comes by hearing, and we need to get the clutter stopped and, and so that our ears can be clear to hear what the Spirit is saying. So these things, obey, don't complicate, don't complicate the instructions from heaven. Go this way, don't do that, go that way, go that way, go to church, go to church. Some of you at home been home too long. You need to get up and find some people that love God and be with them. It's not good for us to be alone. Never was, still not now. It's not good. We need each other. Every nurse that's ever worked in a NICU knows how much babies need to be held, how they thrive. They thrive. And if you just leave them there, it's not good. They need, they need touch. We need touch. We need human contact. We need it. Find someone safe. And if you don't have faith, don't hug a sick person. Amen. Don't make the instruction so hard you can't obey. See, there's a lot of distractions. Don't you ever think that uh, I've got distractions all the time and I like focus. I like knowing I'm focused. I don't like things that break my focus. And this morning, <laughs> as I'm thinking about praying about God, help me. Help me stay strong and, and focus on you and what you've got to say. And then there's things that come along and I'm, 
So don't think I never have to work it, focus. It comes out of purpose and decision and things like that. God, I put you first. And, and it's not complicated to regain focus. All right, let's talk about that for a minute. It's not complicated. What do you do? Stop looking over there. Turn your head. Where do you turn it? Start talking about God right away. I've noticed this. If there are a lot of people around who are doing all kinds of weird things and cussing around me, I just start saying the name of Jesus out loud. You know, I just thank Jesus that I don't even care if I'm by myself. They might think I'm weird and that's good enough reason for them to leave or they'll join in. I, I've, I've sat there in a coffee shop before by myself and started saying the name of Jesus and then people think, oh, <laughs> you know. But then I have peace. They don't know. That's okay. And if they want to join in and get free, I'm good with that too. Either way, I'm, I'm not worried. But I just begin to get my focus on him. Say his name a few times. Helps. Not complicated. Was any of, anybody thinking, oh, that's too hard for me. I can't say his name. <laughs> of course not. If you continue in the, in the distraction, as I said this week, don't let a twig become a forest. What is that, a twig? I stubbed my toe. Oh, my goodness, look at that. That's a, my, my, I could use that to build a fire. Look at that twig. My goodness, it's a very dry twig. And the next thing you know, my goodness, I've got a forest fire going on right in front of my face because I focused on it. What does that look like? Man, you know, I got this thing, and it's kind of like a little bump. That little bump, you know, it feels kind of weird. That little bump, that, you know, that, that's not right. It's kind of a hard little bump. Maybe I should have the doctor take a look at that. And we begin to meditate on the trouble. We meditate on that little twig of that funny little bump. Maybe it's not us. Maybe it's a spider bite. Maybe it's infected. Maybe I need antibiotics. And we begin to meditate on the twig. And pretty soon, our leg's being cut off. That's it. I'm going to have to be in crutches. Maybe I have to have a wheelchair. I wonder if I'll be able to afford a wheelchair. I don't have that much money, you know. Oh, my goodness. What am I going to do if I'm in a wheelchair? How will I praise God with one leg missing? I can't stand up and worship anymore. Maybe I'll get a fake leg. I wonder how much those cost. Do you have to have a mold for that? Because we meditate on the treble. And pretty soon we've got a fire we can't put out. And we need help. When your twig or your bump or your problem gets to the place where it's blazing, you cannot handle it by yourself. You'll need help. And that's what people are for, and there's people who love you, who walk you through. They'll walk you through that. You've got to shut that mouth. When trouble comes, if it's a physical problem, you get out the word, meditate on it. It might not leave in the next two seconds, but I guarantee it's a lot more fruitful for your mind to think about what God has done instead of thinking about getting a mold for that missing leg. What's more difficult? What's more difficult? We overcomplicate things. We try to deal with distractions on our own fleshly way. We want to relate. Don't let relationship pull you out of what God has planned for you. Don't get in a relationship with your disease. It's just a sickness that came from the devil. Amen. You know, many of you have been in a battle and you've seen the victory, but you never took the ground. What does that mean? I keep talking about taking territory and taking ground. That's when you own it and you walk in it. And that thing doesn't get to, and where you become the master in that field because Jesus is the master inside you.
where you're not always trying to get ahead of the eight ball. You're not even looking at that eight ball. It's so far in the ground you forgot that there was a pool game going on. I think the devil only plays pool. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> it's a black ball. You know what I mean? <laughs> that eight ball is black. <laughs> it's dark. And man, we don't play that game. <laughs> it's always in bars. And people are smoking and drinking. I don't know. And then they bet on it. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Apparently, you can bet about on anything. <laughs> don't do that. Distractions. We win them by focusing on the Lord. When we're talking about taking ownership and taking territory, it's the place where you're not even thinking about that stuff anymore. It's so far out of realm that I sound silly talking about it. I can't even relate. I don't know what it's like. I have no idea what the current deal is. I don't really know what's woke, but I can say the word if I try. <laughs> it's out of my realm. I'm walking in the light. There's no darkness there. And sometimes I see things that I really don't want to see because the light's on. But it doesn't have to do with my neighbor. When the light comes on, he shows me the things that he wants to adjust in my life. And I thought when the light came on, it was an opportunity to point out what's wrong with someone else. Oh, are you having fun yet? You're learning how to shut the mouth of a lion? It's been yapping too long. <laughs> but faith is coming as we begin to open our life and shut, get rid of that stuff off our back and realize that an instruction and principle out of the word of God can help us live this life and take ground. When we take ground, we're not worried about it anymore. No king sits down and goes, you know, I wonder if, if I own the land or not. I wonder if my servants will bring me lunch. No, they just do. And it's not that I'm asking any of you to buy me lunch. Please, you know, we're not there. Um, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the place where there's a settling inside, and it just is. It just is. And we just live there, and it's good, and we're not struggling to get what's already ours. Oh, come on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Don't struggle to get what God paid for. Last week I mentioned about, or not last week, two weeks ago, about the great revelation David had at the altar and how the sword of David was held in the hand of the priest. It was always there. From the time Goliath was defeated... That priest had that sword, and he looked after it, and he looked after it. The priest looked after it. He held on to it. It was always there. It didn't go somewhere else. It was there, but David wasn't living in it. He had the victory, but he wasn't living in the land that was bought. Jesus paid for every sin. He paid for it. He paid for it. He paid for it. And we're not living in the victory of the real freedom of the blood of Jesus. We're still worrying about our past. Our past is still able to distract us. Still able to go, what about this? Well, what about that? It's a reality. I won't say I've never had a past. I did. And when I sinned, I sinned well. I never went halfway. I've never done anything halfway in my life. Switch is either up or down, no other way. And that's how God made me. Now, some of you might have sinned gently. <laughs> I think not, but I'll give you that grace. <laughs> but I never went halfway about anything. Never. 
And I'm so grateful for the power of the blood of Jesus that washes away. Did it happen? Absolutely. Do I try to say it didn't? No. Yes, I'm a new creature, but I recognize that henceforth I look back and I go, yeah, I was one of those guys. I'm not anymore, but I was. But taking territory means I live today like it never happened. And I own it, and I'm not worried about it, and I'm not freaking out. And when I get up in the morning, I'm not thinking about it. I'm like, whoa, what if this thing comes back on me and blah, blah, blah. There was a time in my life, here, relate to me, where I was quite a victim, and I lived with a victim mentality. And all the victims in the congregation go, amen. Don't you do it. Don't you relate to me in the, my past. It's dead. And that dead man isn't talking. Your dead man shouldn't be either. We don't give it a voice. We don't give it a voice. So living in the territory that God has paid for by the blood of Jesus, that if you're saved, that's your first territory that you take ground on is a clean slate. And you live there. You don't live like the other. You don't let it talk to you. If dead people are talking, there's a problem. This isn't zombie land. Amen? It's dead. Keep it that way. Don't go back to the grave and worry about it. Don't mourn it. Oh, I miss you. We had so much fun together every Friday night. Did you really? When you were barfing your brains out after drinking too much on Friday night, did you really have fun Saturday morning? Maybe it was Sunday. Regardless, whatever you were doing, do you really want to go back? Do you really want to go back? That is lost. And that is what's blinding you from seeing the promise of God, north, south, east, and west. Don't hang on. It's not worth it. No more balancing. Well, you know, I've come in and I've tried to do a balancing act. I'll have a little God and then I'll have a little life because I want to live my life and then I'll have my God life and I'll have my other life and we'll try to balance over the fence. We're going to balance back and forth and well, somebody did good to me. I better do good back and Jesus did good for me and he forgave me so I forgive others and it becomes this yin-yang in Christianity. There is no yin-yang. There's only blood bang. Amen? <laughs> Get that blood bank done. Done. No balancing act with Jesus. Not a little here, a little there, a little... Blah, 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 blah. That talks about knowledge and understanding and wisdom. Your past is done. No carrying lots of strife and problem into your nows. Own your territory. Own it. Love your freedom. Love it. Love it. Love your clean slate. Jesus paid a very, very dear price for it. Love it a lot with all your heart. Love your freedom. Love it. Love it. Hang on to it. Fight for it and don't let anything in. If your clean slate, your clean life, for men, your car. Somebody try to take your car, Pastor. Would you let them? Your clean slate, 
You're clean who you are. You're clean like, would you let anybody take it? We have. We try to muddle it up with a bunch of stuff. Jesus paid for it. Let's hang on. Hold fast to that which is good. Are you talking about the promises of God? Well, let's start here and see if we can get the blood going. Amen. (laughs) When we begin to really grasp the power of the blood of Jesus, we'll be different. We'll be different. We'll be different. And I don't have to excuse my lots when saying, well, I have to take my past with me. I believe it's there. Abraham would always still have Lot as his brother. He wouldn't not exist. Lot still existed. Lot still existed, just not in his back. And not as his partner. And not in his territory. And when that's out, whatever's distracted you, whatever corrupted the instruction, let it go. The blood of Jesus is powerful, washes it away. And we live clean and happy. I guarantee you'll be much more happy. That'd be a great thing. We're going to learn to love our liberty. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. That means don't move. And don't let any voice move you. Amen. Don't let any voice move you. Be happy. Be happy now. I'm not all the way there. Be happy now. Don't wait. Not a waiting game. I'm not waiting to be happy. Not waiting. You have a bunch of things adjust today. It's kind of like we've been to God the chiropractor. Just straightening some things out. So that you can get that stuff off your back and live free. Amen. Why don't you stand upon your feet? Father, I understand freedom is very dear, as very precious. And we want to come to the place where we grasp a better hold of it, a better and deeper understanding of it. We've all been through stuff, God. And we thank you that the lots that have been blocking our vision has fallen off. That we don't have to try and sort them all out and figure them all out. We just got to leave it off. Just got to leave it off so that we can see the instructions you have for us. Thank you for faith rising to shut every mouth, to hold our minds firm. We hold on today. We hold on. Because we are not of them that draw back, but of them that believe. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327. Or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139, 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W, 3B1.